Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Everybody, welcome in to episode number 610 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. It's an anniversary episode, as this is our six-year anniversary of being on the internet. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We got a lot to dive into from the big game coming up this weekend. We'll talk some Sixers. We'll talk some Phillies minor news that has come across the board with them and some alleged dark horse uh, dealings that they have potentially in the pipeline as the offseason is coming close to an end and spring training is right around the corner. We'll talk some football in general and then we'll go down memory lane as we always do on these anniversary shows and uh, reminisce on six years of insane fun online and many more to come. Don't you worry. But before we get into all of that, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI, where it all got started and where we are live right now. Be sure to follow Matt on the socials at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311 on Twitter and KBIZZLE11 on Instagram and Threads. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts in audio form, leave a five-star rating and review. It goes a long way for helping us continue to grow as we have over these past six years and continues to allow us to do awesome stuff with and for you guys. we got some awesome things planned uh, coming up in the near future that you won't want to miss out on, but subscribe to the pod so that they can happen on Apple, Spotify, leave a five-star rating and review. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week, full video episodes of every show on our network that has grown over the past six years. Uh, you get clips, shorts, original video content, live streams. It's all on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are currently sitting at 739 subscribers. Let's get to 800 sooner rather than later. Keep on subscribing. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Smash the like button. Ring that bell icon as well so you know whenever new videos go live. And, of course, this show is presented by the City of Vineland and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. And through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Finally, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Matt, what's going on, brother? It's been a little bit. 
been uh, it has been a little bit yeah been on the the il but you're back good to have you back and a uh, big thank you to dom for filling in the past couple of wednesdays um but good to have you back man yeah i'm an old school sixers upper respiratory infection uh you know just gastroenteritis you know. yeah since uh well i figured since we're we're probably getting sixers tanking uh maybe it was time to break out some of the uh the old stuff the old books again good to see that you know reevaluated in two weeks held to its standard and it was two weeks yeah. of reevaluation but it's good to have you back and uh before we get into the sixers we'll talk a little big game the super bowl it's brought to you by our awesome merch partners at phi apparel company where you can support us directly by getting your underground sports philadelphia podcast merch and if you're a philly sports fan which most of you listening to this podcast are and should be uh, you can get awesome Philly sports merch from the Phillies, the Sixers, the Flyers, the Eagles, the Union, and a whole lot more. Uh, go to phiapparel.co, fill up your cart, get your Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast merch, get your Top Bins merch, OTB, get in the hole, streamer season, all of it available at phiapparel.co. And uh, when you go to check out, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your merch orders. Most effective and direct way to support us. And when you get your merch, post it, tag us. We'll repost it. We'll share it everywhere on our socials. So it's phiapparel.co and use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. Big game on deck this weekend. And as you predicted a couple of weeks ago, Matt, it is Chiefs 49ers. Uh, just like we all wanted it to be. And uh, it's... It's a repeat of the 2020 Super Bowl, and it feels like one of the most boring buildups to a Super Bowl in recent memory. It just doesn't even feel like we have the biggest football game of the year on deck in a couple of days, but uh, it is upon us, and it'll be Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy. Yeah, it's. Um, I, think, I think that's right. It doesn't feel like the, the hyper the excitement is necessarily there. I think part of that is because it's – it's a little bit of a retread. Like we saw these teams play a few years ago and that Super Bowl wasn't the greatest. I, I wouldn't say it wasn't a terrible one. We've definitely seen worse, but you know, yeah, there's not many like storylines. There's not much between the two teams. And I think a lot of the storylines are like off the field stuff. It's a lot about like Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, right. And just about Mahomes like legacy in general, I think has been a lot of this and maybe some Kyle Shannon stuff, but yeah, I think in general, not the most exciting buildup. I think it's going to be a great game, though. I think these are two very good teams. That's why I felt it was pretty likely that they, they can link up with the Super Bowl. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I am looking forward to it. But it's uh, – I, I have to say, you know, one of the Ravens or Lions making this, I think, would have made it more interesting for me. Um, I think because especially you would have gotten some new blood in there. I think that's always a little exciting. But – I'm sort of already with Mahomes. I'm sort of in late stage Brady, mm -hmm. where I'm like, yeah, you know, like just give him another ring, you know, like because then then it just helps build his resume, and you can say you got to see the greatest ever, and you know he's already competing with Tom Brady. He just has to do this for another like 16 years. Uh, no and he's he's the same as Tom Brady. So, and it is one of those things. I think you know the new blood would have been great, and it's also like I think people have Chiefs fatigue especially from this season. And then this whole trope that the 49ers and the 49ers fans have been on since like November of like, nobody believes in us. We're underdogs, but every single game that they're saying that in they're favored by like seven and a half points. Uh, 
like look up the definition of underdog before you put that out there for everyone to see. I think people are like sick of that. And it's like, nobody thinks you're an underdog. Like nobody's underestimating you. And yet you've almost choked away your opportunity to even play in this game multiple weeks in a row. And you've kind of shown your cards that you can be mortal and, and can be beaten. Yeah. I just, I just want to say at the top, I'm picking the chiefs in this game. Um, I just don't know that I'll ever bet against Patrick Mahomes again. However, I do have a, a, a ticket from two months ago. I did bet on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Um, so I have to hedge that in some way, I guess, or just let it ride. I don't know. Um, somehow the the Chiefs, I think, are still underdogs for this game. I, I'm sorry. I just I'm just not doing it anymore. <laughs> I'm just I think I think Patrick Mahomes for me is is just the ultimate. Uh, tiebreaker and decider, even though I feel like maybe if you lift it off, it's more common to do this like in the NBA to like the top 10 players in this series or the top five players in this series. I feel like if you do that in this game, I don't know if you're doing top 10 players, I think the 49ers probably have seven of them, eight of them, you know, like I, I think, I, I think depending on how you want to go, I think the, the chiefs top end talent is maybe not quite what the 49ers is. Um, and maybe the you know, the 49ers have a more complete roster and, and all that, but I just think it's very hard for me <laughs> to, to bet against Mahomes. I think he's just shown it so often that um, whatever it is, we saw it last year in the Super Bowl. He just has a knack of winning. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, we have a, a gambling corner uh, segment later on in the show with myself and Stephen McAvoy that we recorded, kind of going over some fun stuff. And Matt and I, as we always do leading into this game, look at the fun props and favorite bets and everything. Uh, but you'll hear this in the, the gambling corner. Steve has this ticket place that he placed months ago. Um, apparently, Oz Perlman, the, the mentalist guy, he has been on a streak of predicting the correct score of the Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, when the Jets were on hard knocks this year, Mikkel Hardman was the guy that Oz like, pulled up from the, the meeting room from the Jets and basically said, uh, you know, the Jets are in the Super Bowl. Who do you see you got, you know, who do you see you facing off against? And he said the 49ers. And now Mikal Hardman obviously was traded from the Jets to the Chiefs. And the final score that was predicted during that video that got put out was 31 to 20. So Steve has like a 7,500 to 1 ticket on the correct score based on O's Perlman. So that's also going to be very fun watching him freak out over the uh, the final score there. But I don't know. O's Perlman kind of – he has a weird way of figuring things out. It's better than any other method most people will use. Uh, you might as well. You might, might as, as well, well uh, just listen. We talked about before the uh, the Thanksgiving game uh, that the the Lions were like zero and fourteen on. I think it was a uh, waxing gibbous moons. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, like you gotta just you gotta trust the science. I, I think that's all you can really do there. Um, media week's been going on, and you know Andy Reid has been a part of it now, and. Um, he said that there's there's no signs of him retiring anytime soon, and he just is a football junkie. And uh, Chiefs players and coaches were asked about it. He was like, you know, there I've been trying to get Andy Reid to golf for years, and he just wants to watch film and eat cheeseburgers, and that's his his favorite thing to do. Um, and Andy Reid said he has a bucket list uh, that's not that extensive, and he went to Italy last summer or last off season. 
and eight from the north to the south, and that was on his bucket list. So I feel like Andy Reid's bucket list post-coaching careers is just going to be go eat in every country. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too, because you know, Belichick obviously doesn't get a job in this cycle, and so much has been talked about how that Belichick is, is close to Shul's record. Andy Reid is not very far behind Bill Belichick for that. Um, and I know I, did, I didn't clock the exact numbers, but when I was watching the playoff games last week, He's close to some of Belichick's stuff as well in terms of like conference championships appearance. He's not going to catch him in rings, obviously, but um, you know, it's for a very long time. It felt like, you know, this century was not going to be able to be told without Bill Belichick. It still won't be able to you know talk about football without bringing him up as, as a coach, but Andy Reid is going to be a part of that. You know, Andy Reid already had a ton of success, obviously with the Eagles never wins the Super Bowl, but, he was constantly competitive and uh, just a great offensive mind and, you know, kind of at the forefront, I think, of a lot of uh, your big offensive change, someone that is willing to kind of learn and, and reinvent over the years. Like, think of how hard it is to stay relevant as a coach for that long. And, um, yeah, you know, he's starting to have so, sort of those numbers, sort of those those counting stats almost uh, to, to back up some of those arguments as well. It obviously helps when you have Patrick Mahomes. Um, but, you know, you could also say that he – help develop Patrick Mahomes too, you know, like there, there's a, a little bit of chicken or egg there too, I think. Um, so I, I think there, there's a lot to be said there and uh, his legacy and what it would mean for him to get a third ring. Now you're like, that's, you're really talking about rarefied air. Uh, if you, if you get into that range. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reed all time, he's fourth on the all time wins list for coaches behind Don Shula, George Hallis, Bill Belichick. And then it's Andy Reed. He passed Tom Landry this year for fourth all-time. Um, he's at 258. Belichick's at 302. And he's not retiring anytime soon. I mean, there's there's a real sh- like shot that the next couple of years if Belichick doesn't coach in the NFL again, which could happen. I mean, Belichick's, what, 72, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Andy could pass Belichick and then be well on his way to surpassing George Allison, uh, Don Shula, and – you know, he's only two wins away in a, a Chiefs jacket from tying the amount of wins he had in an Eagles jacket. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, listen, like if he if he stays with the Chiefs, right, I think of healthy Patrick Mahomes season, your floor, I think, is 10 wins. I just I, I think he's that good and, and he can make up for so much ground that even in a bad year, as long as he's healthy. I think 10 wins is probably the lowest you can end up with. Maybe nine if the division you know gets better over the years. But you do five years and you're getting minimum 10, 10 wins a year into that. I, I don't know. You know, um, I have to imagine too, though, it is like a lot of stress. Like I can't imagine what the last, what, five, six years have been now, you know, in terms of just going late into the season, um, you know, obviously the, the pressure and expectations change so much. So maybe, you know, it's, it's nice to go out on a high. I think if you ask Bill Belichick, would he have maybe rather retired after 2018 or, you know, something like maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe he would have. You know, maybe it's, it's easier to and better to, to go out on top sometimes. Maybe it would have been better if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl in Tampa and is like, yeah, I'm good actually. I, I did everything I needed to. You know, I think it's a, it's a, it's easy to say in hindsight, but maybe that's something to consider in the moment more. You know, when you're you're thinking about, do I really want to do another year, another three years of this? It is pretty crazy that you know Andy Reid is 65, Belichick is in his 70s, his early 70s. Uh, 71. He'll be 72 in April. They don't feel that old. Yeah. Which is wild to like conceptualize that they've been around our entire lives 
and even before then, but like they don't feel as old as they are. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Belichick, and I think even with Mike Vrabel. I don't know if you saw the the headline that uh, Diana Rossini reported a couple weeks ago about how Vrabel is just big and intimidating, and that you know scared uh, you know owners off from hiring him this cycle. Like, what are we doing? I, th- I think with Vrabel too, though, you know, from his time at Tennessee, it seemed like he was. Um, not hard to work with, but I think he, he got very frustrated there. And like, there's that clip of when AJ Brown gets traded. And I mean, I think he was right to be upset about that. Um, you know, that maybe he's someone who wants more control over personnel and, and, and players. And that's, I think always a hard thing. That's hard ground to concede because it rarely works, you know, and that's, I think been Bill Belichick's issues that you know, maybe he wants more control over those things. And, and I think it's been clear over the last five or six years in new England that, his drafting, his talent evaluation is not good enough to, mm-hmm. to be at, at this level anymore. Um, maybe as a coach, sure. But yeah, I think anytime a coach wants uh, you know, GM duties and, and wants to be you know, more involved in, in drafting, I, I think that is, to me, that's a huge red flag. And it's just, it very rarely works. It's, it's really, you have to be at the very top of your game. And I just think it, it, it gained uh, kind of make monkey water. So I have to imagine that's at least part of our variables. Maybe just taking a gap year too. You know, I think there, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, did did Andy rate how much did he take? He took time off after the Eagles, right? There was a I think wasn't so. there a, a, at least a year um, between those. So I don't I don't think there's Mike oh, McCarthy from, from uh, coaching. No, he got hired immediately by the Chiefs. It was so, right after. Yeah, so he's in, been in my there mind, since like there's like there's like three years where he, I, I guess right. because the the early Chiefs days were just kind of uh, grim that it, it doesn't yeah. feel that way, but. Um, Mike McCarthy famously, uh, you know, went to <laughs> went to PFF and, and uh, stole a handbook or two. I think um, said, ah, "I'm good. That's all I need." Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with maybe taking a year to to reset. Yeah, I mean, and looking at just the trajectory that the the Chiefs are on, and obviously it's it's cool for us too. You know, this is now three straight years that somebody from our hometown is playing in the big game and Isaiah Pacheco has a chance to go back to back uh in the first two years of his career. It's it's one of those things that the Chiefs are kind of flipping the double bird to a lot of people in New England. And it's like the Patriots had this supreme reign over the NFL for the longest time. And now in such a short circumvented period that Patrick Mahomes has now played in like five out of six Super Bowls, I think it is. Like he's doing what Brady was doing and he's only 28 years old. I mean, it it does feel more so like obviously for the longest time it was like Brady being compared to Joe Montana. Brady feels like the, the Michael Jordan to what now could eventually be if Patrick Mahomes continues to do this. Like he's the LeBron James rather than what Brady was to Joe Montana. It's crazy because Brady is simultaneously Michael Jordan and LeBron, and yeah. that he has the insane peak and also the insane longevity. I don't know that Brady is catchable, like for me personally. And like this is, you know, I, I grew up watching Tom Brady and watching him dominate, and it's just he's unbelievable. And, and I think ultimately too the fact that he goes to Tampa Bay. And wins to really cements it that it's it's him. You know, like he is he's clearly the motor. I I think the fact that we were sitting here in November wondering if Tom Brady just decided to come back and 
go for the Jets that that was actually pretty reasonable that they could be a Super Bowl. Like he's just that, and he's in his like mid to late forties now, you know, and he was still uh, a very good NFL quarterback. So for me, it's it's hard. I think right now, I think Mahomes is probably chasing Montana. And you know, like I I saw a great clip of uh, Montana talking about like late in one of the Super Bowls that he was in, calling his wife on the the sideline phone, um, like four minutes left in the game. And it's like, yeah, that's like cold blooded shit right there. You know, like it's it, that's just stuff that is kind of legendary. And I think, you know, if Montana, I, I think some of his legacy has been lost a little bit uh, just because of you know the Brady especially. But you know, it's it's a little bit ago, but. Um, for me, Mahomes is probably chasing Montana, and, and a Super Bowl here is probably eclipsing him. Um, they're they're in a similar tier at the very least. Um, but I think Brady again, he just has to do this for another like sixteen years, and he has a, a similar, not a better, a similar resume to, to Tom Brady. I think that's the insanity of it. And I mean, you you look at Tom Brady and the career that he had, and the amount of Super Bowls that he won. Um, in New England and gets the one in Tampa, like seven-time Super Bowl champion. Mahomes, if he wins this one, he's almost halfway to to doing what Brady did. And, you know, I think the important thing for him is him and Andy Reid kind of staying together, kind of like Brady and Belichick did, because it feels like that tandem is, you know, that that devil magic that's happening in Kansas City. But it is crazy to, to see, like, how quickly – the Chiefs are, you know, just year after year when everyone doubts them, it's like, boom, here we are again. We're back and we're not going anywhere anytime soon. And it is funny how they're just kind of like almost instantaneously, you know, you go from the Patriots dynasty to now if the Chiefs win this, you, there's the the big argument that they are the next dynasty. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's, it's interesting too because – we, we talked about um, the 49ers fans and how they've been kind of had this victim complex where everyone was said that they weren't good enough or whatever. That was the Chiefs, actually. You know, mm-hmm. people were actually saying the Chiefs. I think I even said that I, I, I don't know about this team. You know, it just they did they did not have a, a good energy. And I mean, they were playing poorly. It was it was probably the worst we've seen them play, um, you know, uh, with Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, Part of that, like there was a flu game in there that he had that I think made things seem a, a little worse than they actually were. But um, I mean, his team did not look great for for most of this year. They didn't look imperious. There was a real concern that the the Raiders could catch them or the Broncos could catch them in the division late in the season. So, you know, for what 49ers fans have said about themselves, I think a lot of that's actually been true for the Chiefs. I think they've been doubted this year, um, and I think it says a lot to it that we're already at the point with them with fatigue. That we're kind of tired of seeing them in a Super Bowl, where you know Mahomes isn't going to get MVP unless he has another just outstanding. Year. He didn't have a crazy year this year, mm-hmm. right? But um, yeah, for for the 49ers, it's interesting because you know Kyle Jahan is still chasing that uh, first uh, ring, and I think it's 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 crazy when you consider the games he's been a part of and how good he's been. My cat is about to knock this water cup off the uh, the counter, so I got to stop him from doing that. <laughs> um, but it's crazy when you think about Kosh Shanahan and the fact that he's been involved in some of the worst Super Bowl collapses um, or slipaways. Even the, this Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl from years ago, I, I watched the highlights. You kind of forget, mm-hmm. you know, all, all, all the beats of the game. The 49ers had this game. Like, it was yep. – um, and the, the ESPN win percentage, I think, was like 95% uh, at, at a point in that game. I mean, that's 
you know, that's, that's a pretty significant slip away. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Kyle Shanahan is, is part of that Falcons team, you know, which, which blows the, the 28 to three lead, but um, just in general, you know, like he's, he's been a guy that I think has been a little tortured and for as good as he is, as impactful as he is um, someone that just has not gotten over that hill. So it's a, it's a huge chance for him. And obviously San Francisco really storied team, but have not had that success um you know, in this century, really all that much. A lot of that is, it's, it's kind of similar to the Bulls in some ways, right? If, if you think about it. Is this for, I've seen a lot of people talking about this with San Francisco and it kind of rings true because now like they're going to have to make a decision on Brock Purdy more than likely after this season, if not next year, but you know, you probably want to get ahead of it or behind it one way or another. This feels like if it doesn't happen this year for them, it's, it's not going to happen with this iteration of the 49ers. They have devil magic with uh, the cap work and what John Lynch does. So I, I won't count them out. I think still, you know, Brock Purdy, I think they still have at least two more years uh, on, on his contract and he's making, and I it, you know, it's so insane that we don't talk about the fact that, the, and it, we simultaneously do. And then don't talk about the fact that Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. You know, like, it is kind of crazy that, <laughs> that uh, he has had the success. Now, you can talk about, obviously, as weapons, Kyle Shannon is, is a great offensive coach. At the end of the day, Brock Purdy is still out there making plays. You know, it's, it's very hard to say that he has not, um, you know, made big plays. Is he, you know, a top-five quarterback? No. I don't know that 49ers fans are necessarily saying all that, you know, um, at least some of the more rational ones. But I think that's a huge advantage. You know, you talk all the time about, you know, what NFL teams want is a quarterback on a rookie contract. Even a rookie contract quarterback that you pick in the first round is making seven or eight, ten times what you know Brock Purdy is is making, if not more than that. So uh, that's going to be a huge advantage for them. And as long as you have Kyle Shanahan, as long as that team, you know, they, they've locked down Debo, um, locked down McCaffrey, probably you know, they have an IU decision to make this summer. Uh, I think that's definitely something to watch, but. Um, I think this team is probably still primed for success. The fact that they were in the you know NFC Championship game last year, and listen, you know, I, I'm not going to say that they could have won, they they they, they would have won that game, but you know, it is always going to be a little bit of a what if if Brock Purdy doesn't uh, have his elbow disintegrate. Um, who knows, right? Like they, maybe they could have, and maybe they would have won that Super Bowl. It's it, it's a great what if, but um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting because they. For a team that has changed a lot in those four years, they had this like chip on their shoulder about this, and um, I wonder if that's that. That feels like something that can go either way. You know, that feels like something that if you're you're thinking a little too emotionally about the game, can get away from you. Um, and I, I wasn't hugely impressed with their playoff run so far. You know, the, the Chiefs have come in, I think, looking much more impressive, and I've, I've, I think in my mind, much more like decisive wins. Um, 49ers, I felt like, honestly, they could have lost both those games, and I, I don't know that that would have been unfair. You know? mm -hmm. um, before we get to our gambling segments, uh, I do have a anniversary surprise for you, Matt. Yeah, a couple weeks oh, ago, um, when you were last on the pod and we were talking about uh, you know sports but art, we posted the clip of that, and uh, the account manager of sports but make it art is uh is going to come on the pod with us <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and uh they said that on the pod they are going to do live matchings of sports <laughs> and art with us so 
That's awesome. We are going to have that in a few weeks, uh, which is very exciting. I uh, that's that's a great anniversary gift. That's, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that now. I was like, I could text him about this, but I think it would be great to announce that on the show. So, sports but make it art will uh, be on the show in in the next couple of weeks, give or take. Uh, more than likely when Super Bowl and NFL season kind of winds down, but they're going to do some uh, live matchings of sports and art on the show with us, which I'm very much looking forward to seeing how that brain operates. Yeah, I uh, we're going to have to put together some tests for them. You know? like... <laughs> so we'll have that to look forward to. Um, obviously, we'll have our, our gambling segment with myself and Stephen McAvoy, but... Um, there's some bets, Matt, that I think are interesting, that make way too much sense not to make this week. Uh, and this segment is brought to you by our pals over at Kenwood Beer. It's beer money, but Super Bowl, big game edition. Uh, Kenwood Beer, the official beer partner of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's a refreshing light beer, just 4.1% ABV, only 120 calories, just 8 grams of carbs. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Finder to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and Maryland areas. You can also get it at your local liquor store in those markets. Uh, check out their storefront as well. they got awesome pint glasses, great apparel. That's uh, KenwoodBeer.com. Must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. I mean, right now, the, the smartest thing, like we've said, you don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs are plus two. Right now, uh, it's minus 118, so it's pretty close to almost even money. Um, and you're getting them on the money line at plus 102. I think that is insane to even, like, not take that. Um, but I did see one of my favorite props. Uh, it's a defensive prop, and I know it's always tough to kind of, like, gauge how that's going to go. But this guy has been on a mission since he re-signed his, uh, his contract. He held out for a game, came back. Chris Jones to have over half, uh, over a quarter of a sack. So to get half a sack is plus 120. That's pretty surprising. That I, I feels... Guess, I, I guess he'll be matched up um, with Trent Williams. With but... Trent Williams, which is you know maybe an unfavorable matchup, but he's the... He's like your Aaron Donald archetype, right? Like you can imagine him making the final play of a game because uh, he's he's kind of that player. You know, um, there's been a lot of talk about how his effort hasn't been there on run stopping this year, but um, you know, it's been someone that is still uh, applying pressure to the quarterback. So I like that. You know, you have to trust. I think in the Super Bowl, one thing I've learned over the last few years, you have to trust that like the best players are going to make the the big plays. Like mm-hmm. this isn't, you know, they're not saving anything anymore. It was like Jalen last year. Um, with his unreal performance, um, you're not getting that in Week Ten. You're getting that when this is the last game of the season, and your legacy is, you know, up for grabs here. Um, so I, I think, yeah, trust the stars. I think don't be too afraid of pushing away from like an over on something, right? If if you really feel like this is a guy, um, the hard thing is, is there's a lot of those guys in this game. You know, usually you might only have two or three big stars to look at. I think there are like, if you're talking Travis Kelsey or Rashi Rice or Pacheco. It's hard to pick between those three, and obviously any Mahomes stuff. Um, and then for 49ers, you have is this going to be a Kittle, Debo, McCaffrey, Ayuk game? You know, like there's, yeah, there is unfortunately, it's it's kind of hard to parse through here. Um, you know, kind of who you believe in. I think you just have to stake a claim. 
you know, whoever you feel confident about, um, go in on, on that person, but, um, you're probably, probably going to get it wrong. <laughs> you know, it's probably, <laughs> and that's just the nature of these offenses too. I think is that they can be a little slippery to figure out. Uh, there's some interesting, and they're not a sponsor, but if they want to come on board at any point, more than welcome. DraftKings has, uh, Taylor Swift esque props, uh, across the board, um, that are pretty interesting. I don't know if I would take any of them. Um, but they are named after a bunch of her hit songs. So there's the 22 prop, which is any quarter to have 22 plus points scored at plus 400. So, yeah, I could, I could maybe see that. Yeah. It's doable. Um, then you have the anti-hero, uh, which is Brock Purdy to have 250 plus pass yards and two plus passing touchdowns. That's at plus 200. The only thing I would worry about that is we've seen like Purdy have good games with no touchdowns because mm-hmm. this this team could be a sixty yard Debo run and a forty nine yard McCaffrey. You like this is like this is the kind of team that I think could put up thirty one thirty seven points and Brock Purdy has one passing touchdown. You know, like they just have that ability. Then we have blank space, Travis Kelsey to score an octopus at plus three thousand. <laughs> The octopus is one of my favorite uh, favorite things. I think if you're going to do an octopus bet, just do the will there be an octopus bet. Yeah, um, 100%. And, uh, you know, just have some fun with that. I will say that, did, wasn't there an octopus last year? I believe there was. Didn't Jalen Hurts have an octopus? Yeah. I think he had a rushing and then he had a two-point then... conversion. So it's not... It's not out of the question. Yeah, it's not so crazy. Um, it's it's doable. Um, This one's interesting because it could happen... Uh, this is the how you get the girl prop. Uh, Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown in each half at plus nine fifty. Interesting. He's he's been kind of fading a little bit as games have gone on, so it, it would make me a little nervous. He he is the type of guy though that I think is kind of built for for this game. Like in his age now, and his is still like very elite talent level. Um, feels like a guy that can explode. I think I'd steer away from a lot of Travis Kelsey stuff. Maybe that one's not bad, but I think a lot of it is like. He's the guy, you know, in this game. I think uh, everyone's talking. He's actually getting, I think, he's outshining Patrick Mahomes, right? You know, in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, I, I would maybe steer away from some Travis Kelsey stuff, but that one's not bad. This one's interesting because we've seen it in the past when the Chiefs are in the red zone. Travis Kelsey to have five plus rushing yards is plus a thousand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a Super Bowl. I, I think there's always it's Andy Reid. There's, there's always something wacky that happens. So. I don't hate it. Um, we have the today was a fairy tale. Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown and end the Chiefs to win at plus two forty. That I think is is nice. I think you can get you can get nice with that. Um, the other ones here you can have. Uh, you belong with Rashi, Travis Kelsey, or Rashi Rice to score a touchdown in the first half plus one twenty. Yeah, that's good. Rashi Rice has really caught on as like the reliable wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Yeah, he's he's actually been like the guy over the the playoffs and, and really going even to like the last stretch of the regular season. A little under the radar, you know how mm-hmm. uh, you know vital he's been to this offense and um, highly targeted. He's averaging like nine targets a game. Um, yeah, so I, I I think he's someone I think you can kind of zero in on if uh, if you're looking for a prop. I have my winner. 
I have my, I think this is great value. And I, I just, I've, I've been on, on the conversions. So I think uh, you can get Chiefs total third down conversions over five and a half for plus 105. There's two reasons I like this. One, Patrick Mahomes is just good. <laughs> like the, you, you trust a, a good offense to, to find a way. Two, the 49ers third down conversion percentage on defense has actually been really bad. Um, in the regular season, they were not a great uh, regular season team. Over the playoffs, um, they're allowing a 55% conversion rate. Um, so, you know, you have to get a little lucky, obviously, that you're on third down and, you know, the, the all the usual stuff. But I think at plus 105, I, I think you can get uh, kind of active with that. And I think also total fourth down conversions at over one and a half is plus 115. I like that. I just think it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Because Andy Reid and Kashan can both be aggressive yet also very timid. You know, like we've seen them take conservative approaches, but um, I think I think you could see. It's not too crazy to to me to imagine that there's two uh, fourth down conversions here. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's though though they're like two of the most you know, along with Dan Campbell and at some points Nick Sirianni, like in the top five of fuck it, we're going for it on fourth down. Like, it makes right. sense to do it. Um, I'm also looking here. This season, I kind of got on it. I, I had some hits. I had some misses. The The kicking points prop is very interesting. You can almost get it at, like, even money. Harrison Butker, over two and a half uh, kicking points. I kind of like that. Yeah, I could see that. It's at minus 105. Um, and then Jake Moody is over under two and a half. He's had some misses throughout the season and in the postseason, so I think you could like flip that either way. Um, but I like Harrison Butker over two and a half kicking points. Yeah, I could. Yeah, they they've been they've been fun with letting him. This is a dome game as well, which I think is important to mention. Um, so, you know it's less likely that you're going to have misses just because, you know, a lot of times misses are like more environmental factors um, rather than maybe something like pressure or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I like those. Those are, it's, you kind of, I think, you know, have to move on the margins a little bit with some of the prop stuff because, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of like the over receptions and stuff, I, I think it's, gets juiced a little bit, but you can, I think find value if you're willing to go off the beaten path a little bit. There's some fun stuff too. You can uh, you can go in on like the gross punt yardage for this Super Bowl. <laughs> if you want to get in on the uh, the special teams, you can also get in on uh, total punts for each team and combined. Over seven and a half punts is at plus one ten. Could be something you know if the defense yeah. step up the way that they have. Um, you could see that a bunch, and then the over/under line set for each team is three and a half uh, total punts. It's about minus one forty for the Chiefs and minus one ten for the Forty ers It's interesting because it is the Super Bowl, and like as much as you look for the big players to make plays, a lot of times too, you see teams kind of contense up and don't play to the standards early on in the game, and then as the game goes on and transpires you start to see them kind of click a little more and then that's when the big plays happen but early on you could see some punts and those kind of cash for you i think super bowls in general usually start a little slower too um 
you know, unless you're, you're in a real slugfest. Um, so yeah, that, that could definitely provide value. Um, my last one, they have a, a final two minutes section uh, in the final two minutes of games to have one plus. So you just need one, but if there's, if there's more than this, whatever, but you just need one fourth down conversion uh, plus 500. I think you know, it's not crazy to me to imagine that, uh, you know, both these teams, I, I trust the offenses on a fourth down. I think the Chiefs are two for three in the playoffs uh, so far. You know, so for it's them, and um, I, don't, I don't have the 49 understand in front of me, but I think you kind of trust these teams to have something dialed up to, to get uh, whatever it is. So um, if you think it's going to be close, I think that's a, that's a, a worthwhile area to look. And I think plus 500, that's a pretty good long shot um, to, to, to go after. I have a couple more. There's an, this is an interesting one. The fastest sack that you can bet on uh, in terms of seconds. Uh, Nick Bosa is the favorite at plus 250. Chris Jones, plus 550. I don't hate that. Um, George Karloftis is plus 450. And then uh, it kind of goes down from there. But that's an interesting prop there as well. Um, how do you feel about the over-under? It's 47 and a half at most sports books. Um, I think the thing that worries me is that the chiefs as efficient as they've been, they really haven't been a high scoring offense, you know, and it's not the way we associate them. You know, even in these playoffs, they've not been a team that's been really piling on the points. Um, it feels kind of like their ceiling in a lot of ways is around like 27. You know, it, it doesn't feel like they're, they're a team that's really built to pour on, 38 like we've seen in years past just in the league right like so for me i i would almost be tempted to go under i think the worry is is you have such like game breaking ability in here that it you know it's not inconceivable you could be going in halftime 17 17 or something you know like and it, it really would be that crazy and you're you're in, you're sweating it out um but yeah I, i'm almost tempted to go under i think yeah and i mean the uh it's been publicized by a bunch of places because they're doing a whole bunch of promotion for it the highest scoring big game is 75 points, which sucks that the Eagles and Patriots for Super Bowl 52 came one point away from tying that. Um, but 75 is the most, which is, is kind of crazy to think that as scoring has gotten more prolific in the NFL, we haven't touched that. Because um, I think that one happened – uh, way back in the day, so long ago that the Chargers were in the Super Bowl when that happened. Um, but it is crazy that as like all offense has become like the the focal point of the NFL and all the rules that have been put in place to protect quarterbacks and and everything like that, that we haven't seen that benchmark hit since I don't even know when. Yeah, I mean it's you know just thinking of the the Super Bowls of the last few years. Um, last year was relatively high scoring, um, but even then, you know, like a lot of the games have been. You know, more defensive, and and again, I, I think especially the first quarter usually is uh, is pretty low scoring, um, and you know you have to kind of manage the emotion of the game, and then you know you have a, a long break at halftime. It's just kind of a strange game. I, I have to imagine it's really uh, hard, and you know that's something Brady talked about a lot too. Is like he had been in the Super Bowl so many times that he better understood kind of how to manage the emotions of what is like a really long game in that year. Um, really charged up and then you have this kind of long halftime break and if the it's going to work through all that so um that proposes a challenge but um yeah it's just hard for me to imagine you know, the chief's defense has just been 
so good at scheming up for certain things. And this is not new either. Um, it's just we saw it all through the regular season. Normally it's just been a team that in the postseason has really turned it on. Um, so it's, that said, it, it's hard for me to imagine them completely shutting down San Francisco, but maybe we get a, a you know, some of these Brock Purdy's turnover-worthy uh, plays actually convert here, and uh, you know we, we see some of that shift the other way. I thought the Ravens' offense was very good this year, and they – we're limited uh, to, to seven points at home. So I don't know. I, I think you kind of have to, uh, to to consider that when you're talking about over-unders. Yeah, and the uh, the high-scoring one was Super Bowl twenty nine back in 1995. So you and I were two years old. Um, <laughs> it was the 49ers who won 49-26 to over the San Diego Chargers, um, which I think Jim Harbaugh was part of that. He'll he'll be back. He'll be back to eventually. This episode of Underground Sports Philadelphia is brought to you by our partners over at FOCO Forever Collectibles. Guys, you know they came on board with us when you saw me wearing the Phillies overalls during the postseason this past year. Well, FOCO decided to stick around. They are getting down with Underground heading into 2024. From bobbleheads to the overalls to velour track suits to awesome apparel, merchandise, and of course those collectibles, they've got you covered to upgrade your studios, your man cave, your she shed, whatever it may be. Foco's going to deck you out. Go check out everything they have to offer from officially licensed MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA, wrestling, entertainment space, soccer, college sports. They've got it all. Click the link in the description and upgrade your forever collectibles today. Shout out to FOCO for sponsoring the podcast. Now, let's get into the next segment. What is going on, everybody? We'll talk a little big game. Uh, and it is uh, a second appearance now for the one and only Stephen McAvoy. It's good to be here. Now, question on. Dom is out car shopping. Dom is out car shopping with what, his lovely wife. What car is he getting? I don't know. I will find out because I will be recording top bins with him tonight. Okay. So I will find out what the uh, the verdict is there. So so married? Does he have a, does he have a child yet? No, they just got married. Right. That was one of my December weddings. This You're year. right. Okay. So huh? If you know the because we're gonna we're gonna we're going to talk about, about uh, Super Bowl odds. No free ads. Um, we'll talk about a December to remember sales event. So so that's the funny part. Like like I'm going to wind up talking about betting at some point during the segment. Might as well throw some betting odds on what car he's getting. I would say the odds-on favorite is probably something that's um, a a utility vehicle that can support a child, and also you'll have for a long time the Honda CRV. Good car. Um, is it is it the Honda? No, it's no, it's the Toyota December December to remember, right? Or Lexus. Uh... I think it might be Lex. There's Toyotathon. I know that. Uh, my brother has a shirt. It says, I survived Toyotathon. One of the funniest shirts of all time. Lexus. Um, Lexus. All right. They're certainly not buying a Lexus. And that, that's too luxury. You need something with longevity. It has to be either a, a Subaru, a Honda, or a, or a Toyota. Yeah. More than likely. That's the bet right there. I'm going to go Toyota. Uh... Minivan, question mark, or SUV? Who knows? We'll find out. I like the CRV pick. It's a very good vehicle, and Pay I know the car it, it is for his wife. So I don't know what uh, 
her preferences of vehicle are, but we'll find out. That's why you got to tune into Top Pins because we'll find out right over there. Um, Plot twist: They're buying a Porsche. <laughs> like, they get a Fiat. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Have you ever seen the ads of the Fiat? Like, speaking of Super Bowl, of course we're going to be talking about this more. The Fiat commercial from the Super Bowl when like it goes underwater and it comes out of the beach, vaguely. Just, and like it had the, uh, I, I'm I, I could be totally Mandela affecting this. I'm pretty sure the music was to like the classic version of Pop Pop Americano. Yes. Yeah. So. That's a, there that's you a, go. That's a that's a nostalgia bit right there. There's my entrance into the show. <laughs> I, I I always have great entrances into, into all my shows and every segment that I appear on. So I'm I'm uber excited for this. We uh we are in the bye week before the big game, and uh, what better way to discuss the most boring Super Bowl ever than uh, to make it a little more interesting than with props and betting and as we like to do at this company call it hashtag beer money uh and the inventor of that is Stephen mcavoy goddamn um, right baby but we're all we're in agreement here that this is one of the most least anticipated super bowls of all time i think it's a it's interesting because while i personally would have rather had the ravens and the lions which would have been a much more compelling game um because how can you not root for Dan Campbell and also Lamar Jackson deserves more? Um, which, by the way, now Mike McDonald's going to Seattle, so now they're in complete flummox. What's going to happen there? Um, but I don't think the game is as boring as you think it is. I think that, that the Niners proved that they are not the best team in football playing the Lions, despite the comeback win. It took a bounced ball off a face mask and a miracle Brandon IU catch and basically Dan Campbell out-coaching himself to get the Niners where they are. The Chiefs don't have the better team on paper, but they have a pretty, a relatively equal defense with how they've played. They don't have Joe Thune. They, they don't have Willie Gay as of right now. Might get them back to the Super Bowl. I know Tooney's trying his best. Um, but I think what makes boring games better is the ability to bet on them. So that's why I'm here. That's why I'm going to make you a shit ton of money. Yeah, I... Uh... We talked about it a little bit on the episode that came out earlier this week, and we were Pat, Pat Pitts and I were sifting through like Super Bowls of recent history and just like which one is like more boring. And it boiled down to that Patriots Rams thirteen to three game that was of course, yeah. a snooze fest. Um, but I think this game is being viewed as boring um, by a lot of people because a majority of NFL fans have Chiefs fatigue and more specifically like Patrick Mahomes fatigue already. Um, and nobody likes the 49ers because they're like, they're like that entitled kid that feels like they deserve everything and they don't stop crying about it until they get it. And mm -hmm. not a lot of people like them. Nobody likes Brock Purdy or they love Brock Purdy and there's no in between. And, it's a Super Bowl matchup that happened four years ago that unleashed a global pandemic on us. So who knows what's going to happen for this one? Maybe frogs fall from the sky for months on end. Um, I do know the Chiefs will be wearing red. The 49ers will be wearing white. That was announced today. And I don't know if you've seen the Chiefs jerseys, but they typically have like the AFC patch on their jerseys all the time. 
Mm-hmm. They showed Mahomes' jersey. He's got the captain's patch. Then there's the Super Bowl patch, and there's something else. He looks like he has a Boy Scout uniform with all the patches that he has on his jersey. Hello, my name is Russell, and I'm a wilderness explorer. Hi, my name's Patrick. Hi, my name's Patrick. Hi, ho, like, my name is Patrick. Yeah, like, I... <laughs> Patrick... Patrick Mahomes and Hi, Travis Mahato. I'm Patrick Mahomes reporting for Sesame Street News. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> By the way, shout out to a friend of mine, Christina Vitas, who's the voice of Elmo uh, all over social media. This woman is a rock star. She's blowing up on the Today Show for being the social media face of Elmo, and she, she, she does a great job. So shout out to her quickly before we uh, dig, <laughs> one, dig into the weeds here. The one you tweet know, about Elmo, though, that made me laugh, somebody quote tweeted uh, the Elmo tweet from yesterday when he was holding his stuffed friend whose name is Baby David, by the way, um, which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Uh, somebody quotes me and said, damn, Elmo told us all to seek therapy. <laughs> Dude, I... <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw the tweet um, because Elmo had tweeted out, uh, "Hey, Elmo checking in. How is everyone doing?" And I believe it was oh god, I forget I forget who it was. It was somebody on the Ravens tweeted out, "Feel like shit." <laughs> I think my my favorite quote tweet of the "How's everyone doing?" was Elmo, we down bad. Wire a hundred k or Dorothy gets it, and it was like a sniper scope on his goldfish. <laughs> oh my god, that poor damn goldfish, dude. <laughs> Almost the goat, though. If, if there's one Sesame Street character that can get the boot and I won't care, it's Oscar the Grouch. I'm sorry. Uh, but Bert and Ernie are elite. You, you, you can't leave out Bert and Ernie. Elmo's um, my goat, and Grover's underappreciated. Grover is very underappreciated. Um, the Asian guy who's been there for 80,000 years who lives on Sesame Street, also a G. Anyway, so back to the game, right? I think a lot of people do have the Kansas City Chiefs like um, deja vu over again. But also, I like appreciate it for what it is because Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback to have reached five AFC Championship games before the age of twenty-eight. He's the first quarterback to be in three straight in, in sorry four Super Bowls before the age of twenty-eight. He's right now you can argue a top five quarterback ever, and he still has ten more years possibly in his league to go or more. Um, so honestly, appreciate it for what it is. I think on the other side of things, he also has part, more playoff wins than Peyton Manning in his entire career yeah, already. Yeah, like like at, at the end of the day, the <laughs> guy has, Mahomes is eighteen and three in his playoff career. He, <laughs> the guy's amassed a full regular season schedule in the playoffs. He lost twice to Tom Brady and once to Joe Burrow, and that's it. And I'll be honest with you, the two losses to, to, to Tom Brady, it's like LeBron James losing to losing to Jordan one on one, like whatever. Um, but yeah, I like appreciate the Chiefs for what it is. I think this game though is is more fun because of the fact that you can bet on past result basically and create this fun aura around this game. So in terms of getting into our hashtag beer money, which by the way is the greatest invention that I ever had on the show. Um, there's a lot of funny things popping up on sports books all over with different betting odds. First of all, I want to point one thing out. How in the hell do most sports books have the Niners as the favorite in this game? Blows my mind. To, I was talking to John. We're playing Fortnite, ironically, last night. And I go, is it sus that that, that, that like they're favored? And he goes, yeah, like, why? Uh, I think it was Bovada, the offshore sports book, had 
they had the hypotheticals going into the AFC going into the AFC and NFC, NFC title games, and it was if the Chiefs and Niners played, the Chiefs were the favorite. But now it's swapped almost. So the offshore books didn't even have the Niners listed at, at the spot. Yet every sports book you go to, FanDuel, DraftKings, MGM, uh, Caesars, they're all listing the the Chiefs as the dog. Which, by the way, just straight up uh, on the money line of plus one ten is already a home run to me. I think I think the the, the Chiefs win this game. Um, spoiler alert: uh, How much they win it by, I don't know. It could be a field goal. It could be a touchdown. But there are three things in life that I've realized you can never not bet on in Super Bowls. It's one quarterback's rushing yards, which, by the way, is going to be Mahomes. One running back to score multiple times. That's Christian McCaffrey. And some big name on the D-line is getting a clutch sack, probably going to be Chris Jones. So those are the three plays that I'm throwing out there um, to start off with. But again, like you had said, four years ago we had this matchup, which, by the way, did the Chiefs wear a red in that one too? Yes, they did. Okay, so it's repeating itself full blown. And I saw a stat, I forget since what year, but like the team that wears the their like primary color has like three wins in the Super I think they're like three and 11 in the last 14 Super Bowls or something. Yes, like teams who wear white tend to win. Shout out to the New York Giants for the for those. Uh, you know who one of those numbers. three wins was? Shout out to Big Dick Nick. Nick Foles, baby. Hell yeah. That. That Super Bowl, I had I had explosive diarrhea from really bad buffalo chicken dip, and I've and I have always become um, scared scared of it. So um, a certain sports book in blue actually has, actually has a lot of um, Super Bowl Super Bowl specials that you could bet based on previous previous result. So some of them are like um, the Niners to score zero points in the fourth quarter plus three eighty. That's a fun one. Didn't do that in twenty twenty. Uh, let's see, Debo. To have a receiving and rushing touchdown, just like back in 2020, uh, that's plus 3,000. Um, Super Bowl record, any player to record 216-plus receiving yards probably won't happen, but something to um, to keep in mind. And then, of course, you have the other fun props. Uh, Non-quarterback to throw a touchdown. Um, either, either quarterback to catch their own pass. Someone made a lot of money on Lamar last week. That's plus 5,000. An offensive lineman to score a touchdown. Maybe you do do a little uh, Philly special, but with the offensive lineman, always a plausibility. Uh, but some of the plays that I think is actually really fun. Um, also, by the way, this is a, this is this is another play that I was looking at, and I hate to bring up conspiracies. So, the, so the Chiefs won in 2020, 30, 31 to twenty. Uh, for those of you who watched Hard Knocks. And I will tell you that I put $5 on this bet this morning. Um, so, so this past year on Hard Knocks was the New York Jets. And O's Perlman, the mentalist, I did is, see this. is on the show. And uh, he brings up Miko Hardman, who is now a Kansas City Chief at the time in New York Jet. He goes, look, the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. What? Who are they going to play in the Super Bowl? He goes, 49ers. Okay. What's the score that you have in your head? He writes down. He writes down the uh, O's. Um, writes it down the score. He goes, Nicole. What's the score going to be of the Super Bowl? He goes, Jets 31, 49ers 21. And he turns around and he has the card 31-21. He guessed exactly what he thought it would be. Miko Hardman, now a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. I was like, wait a minute, something here is weird. Oz Perlman has been right multiple times in betting and guessing the correct score of the Super Bowl. 
This is the first time it happens, though, that the team that he guessed it with is not the team that the player was on at the time. I will say I put down ten dollars at plus seventy five hundred to see a thirty one twenty one Chiefs Super Bowl Super Bowl win, and I will proudly cash that ticket and put it right towards my towards my student loan debt immediately when it hits. Pretty good. So pretty 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 good in the words of uh, of Larry David. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, one thing I'm looking at right now that is probably my favorite uh, just conjured up parlay because it seems to happen all the time, which me saying this means it's not going to happen. Um, the touchdown scorer prop. Yes. You have three of the most prominent anytime touchdown scorers in the NFL playing in this game. I feel like it's a smart move to parlay Anytime touchdown, Christian McCaffrey, Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey. I like the Kel- the only one that's shaky to me is Kelsey, but I have a mm-hmm. feeling if the NFL is as rigged as it is, according to some people, um, that Travis Kelsey will score and they will immediately put Taylor Swift on the board. Uh, so that's a plausibility. If I was to adjust it a little bit, I would actually take out Kelsey and I would instead input Probably Debo Samuel. Um, despite the rib injury, I do think that Debo is a big time factor in this offense. If he's limited by any by any means, George Kittle will then get more of the reception. But clearly, we saw it in the AFC in the AFC, AFC title game that um, Debo was without a hitch despite the rib injury. So I do like Debo. If you want to dig around for some uh, beer and pizza money on a complete crazy long shot to score, Jarek McKinnon always scores in the Super Bowl. That's something that I really like uh, in terms of a random, random player uh, managing to find his way into the end zone. I'm uh, trying to find who else I can find here that we can dig on. Um, that would be a fun touchdown score. Uh, I mean, McCaffrey to score multiple is actually a really good play too. Oh, also, the biggest name that I'm totally missing and also happens to be one of the top four on the board. So obviously, if you look at most books, it's McCaffrey, Pacheco, and then Travis Kelsey are, are the top three odds getters. But the guy who's in fourth is the one who I'm really interested in. It's the guy who's had the most receiving yards on the Chiefs offense throughout the playoffs and in the last four weeks of the year, and it's Rasheed Rice. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those of you in fantasy who are lucky enough to get Rasheed Rice in the 17th round like me, congratulations, you have an all-star on your hands. But also, to have Rasheed Rice be a focal point in this offense, I will be taking his yards over 100%. I think Rasheed Rice has an opportunity to not only score once, maybe twice in this game, has a lot of skill, has a lot of ability. I think he's a really good player. By the way, I totally lied to you. Jared McKinnon isn't even on the Chiefs anymore. I meant Clyde edwards Lair. Yes. Um, that's bold. I mean, Rasheed Rice has really come on in this second half of the season, and the later it's gotten, the more potent he's become. Mm-hmm. So I don't hate that whatsoever. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, Steve, but it made me chuckle. Uh, I don't know. I forget who it was, but somebody posted that they were just mass DMing every member of the Kansas City Chiefs, wondering what color Gatorade was going to be in the coolers. I hate the, this the the Gatorade color props. I bet every year, and I always lose. I think the the one play that oh, so here's a little fun thing about the Gatorade colors. If you don't know, um. There's like five different Gatorade jugs that are on the sidelines, mm-hmm. and they're all different colors. So no one even knows which one 
Willie Gay is going to pick up when he douses Andy Reid for the umpteenth time. So I wouldn't even – I honestly wouldn't even bet it. I want to – um, one of the, the fun props that you can find on some, like, offshore books and some uh, some other, like, crazy ones that I really enjoy. Um, shout out to – and I'm giving, giving a lot of shout outs today. Uh, one of my old college professors, Barry Sachs, unfortunately passed away um, last year. I'll never forget this. He passed away probably the week before the Super Bowl, a few days after my birthday had passed. He had called me, and we're going back and forth. And he was at the end, and he goes, hey, I know a guy who's at the Super Bowl who is doing like production for, um, for TV, and he said – he gave me Rihanna's first and last song, and he said, bet these, and the anthem goes on the over. He gave me an eight-leg parlay that cashed between Rihanna's set list, the over on the anthem, and then four legs uh, from halftime line, two receiving lines, and like, like an anytime touchdown, and it cashed. And I was like, oh, my God, like angel from above, this man in his grave just gave me the, gave me the bet of a lifetime. So That's insane. I am going out on a limb. I don't know any of this information because, unfortunately, I do not have the inside scoop. But part of me is very open to thinking Usher's first song bet might be a very fun one, too. Last song could be very fun. Um, I'm telling you right now, his last song will not. I think his first song might be Oh My God. A little classic from when I was growing up. Um, I think Yeah has to be the last one, right? I think yeah is going to come in the middle because that, to me at least, feels like the prime opportunity to call out and bring out any of his featured artists. Bro, bring Lil John. Lil John, Ludacris, who has been all over the State Farm commercials. Who else is a State Farm sponsored oh. athlete? Patrick Mahomes. Ludacris is also going on tour this summer. I feel like it's almost a lock that Ludacris is going to appear uh, during Yeah and perform with Usher. Uh, but that is going, that's going to be one of the most electric performances. It, because Yeah is one of the most timeless songs ever. That song came out in 2004 and is still played in clubs. It's still played at proms, weddings, you name it. You hear Yeah, you get on the dance floor. That's going to take the entire stadium down. I'm stoked for that song. That song turns 20 years old this year. Yep. It's insane. We're old, man. We're old. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, is the prime, like right in the middle. And then that's when the guest appearances start flowing and uh, you get some fun stuff there. I could be wrong here. Does Usher have any songs with Justin Timberlake? I don't think so, but I like where you're going with this. Actually, JT, tonight's his birthday as we record here on a Wednesday, the 31st. Um, he's having a free show in Manhattan, which I signed up for tickets and I didn't get them. But JT is, is in fact, going going back on tour now. Tickets are, are insane for that show, by the way. Um, JT will be fun. I mean, Pitbull would be hilarious. Pitbull, the, the greatest uh, poet since Mark Twain. But, yeah, I think, like, if you could find bets on those, those are all really fun. I would avoid the Gatorade bets. Um, anything else, though? I mean. How are we feeling on the are... coin flip? Tails never fails. Uh, I, I think always I, approach it. I, I bet it last year, and I, and I nailed that one. Um, country artists always go over on the anthem. Rock and pop artists always go under, unless your name is Fergie. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that's really everything that I have. I don't know if you have any other questions for me in terms of what what else you could bet on. Um, oh, by the way, people are have books, by the way. Travis Kelsey is not proposing to Taylor Swift after he wins the Super Bowl. She has a show in Tokyo the night before. She probably will be able to get back in time, but I'm just letting you guys know she'll be asleep by halftime in the suite, and Donna's going to be putting the, putting the pillow under her. Actually, she, she, she may have the custom-designed uh, Christi, uh, Christina Juszczyk, uh pillow. Yeah. I'm curious on the uh, over-under time that Taylor's private jet will take to get her to Vegas from Tokyo. Well, huh. Well, the the fun part about this is that actually, um, obviously, you're going from Japan to Las Vegas, so you're actually you're go- it's actually easier for you mm. to operate. So you're only going over the Pacific. Uh, I, have, I just stumbled upon a very fun prop that I feel like I'm going to responsibly hammer. <laughs> you mean irresponsibly hammer? Chris Jones to record a sack. Oh, easy money. Plus 108 on a certain blue sports book. That's easy. That feels like a certified lock because Chris Jones' entire contract he signed with the Chiefs to get him out of holding out was so incentive-laced. He's a man on a mission. He's going to want to get after Brock Purdy. Chris Jones to record a sack at plus 108 on one certain sports book. I'll check some others real quick here to see if uh, there's any differentiations, but yep. that feels like a magnificent bet to place. Yeah, so this segues into my, uh, my my best bets for the Super Bowl. I have a five-leg parlay that I've already put in for that I'm, I am already in on and I think is going to absolutely smash. Um, it's very, very, very Chiefs-oriented because you already know that I'm taking them 31-21 to win. Uh, for those of you that are intrigued, I have Rasheed Rice over 67.5 receiving yards. He has nailed that in almost every game in the playoffs and in the last five weeks of the year is the number one receiver. I like Patrick Mahomes' rushing yards over 25.5. He cleared this in every single game during the playoffs this year and in the last three playoff games he's played prior to this uh, to this go-around. He has nailed that one. The Chris Jones prop um, at at Jones to record a sack plus 108. I have an even also, better for you for Chris Jones on a certain green sports book. Chris Jones to have over one quarter of a sack plus 110. Oh, that's great. That's I, even better that because too. he could get a half a sack and you're good. I would even say if you can get if you could find a, a, a way to parlay a Nick Bosa sack and a Chris Jones sack, I think both of them are really, really valuable. Um, also, don't be afraid, particularly with the 49ers. If you go with Eric Armstead up the middle, you might be able to actually swing pretty well, particularly if Joe Thune is out. That's a play for me. Eric uh, Armstead over a quarter of a sack on a green sports book plus 154. I love it. I'm, I'm all in on that. Uh, passing touchdowns, I think, is a really fun play here. Uh, Brock Purdy has thrown for two or more passing touchdowns in every game he has played in uh, over the last, I think, like eight games. I... Don't know. I, I'll have to dig a little deeper into who I go with here, but uh, Purdy's minus one ten, Mahomes is minus one forty, each for two touchdowns. I I will tell you this right now. I think McCaffrey is going to have two two rushing touchdowns at the least. He might have one and one, but realistically, if the Niners are going to ha- are going to have to come from behind, they're going to have to have to chuck the ball around. Purdy two touchdowns 
match it up with Ayuk and Debo, I think is a pretty fun play. Um, but I'm 100% going to be hammering, like we were saying earlier, the, the touchdown market. McCaffrey touchdown, possibly McCaffrey two touchdowns. I love Pacheco in, sh- in short yard situations. Shout out to uh, the city of Vineland. And I am riding a Rasheed Rice touchdown this go around. Maybe the first touchdown, too, of the Super Bowl. The last three Super Bowls, the first touchdown scored has been by a receiver for over 45 yards. Good knowledge right there. Yeah, I, I like the the running back uh, parlay for sure of McCaffrey and Pacheco to score touchdowns. Um, and then you can kind of take your pick if you want to do it with Travis Kelsey or Rasheed Rice to make it even bigger. I love the Chris Jones sack prop. I think that might be the best prop of the entire Super Bowl. Um, Tails never fails. And they're, they're, I think the defensive props are going to be the most fun in this Super Bowl. I have one more for you. So um, pizza and beer money, touchdown prop. Shout out, shout out to Nick Costos for this one. Um, there's one guy. Actually, I think he, might, he, might, he might, might be the most tenured person on the Niners staff who in short yarded situations has not had a lot of touchdowns this year, but will in fact get usage for an anytime touchdown plus 1,400 as well as his receiving prop of he literally isn't even listed on here uh that's how low he's being rated but it's usually in like the 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 10-ish range kyle use always leveraged in super bowls and his lines always hit if his receiving line if you can find it is like less than 10 yards i would smash it and also in a short yarded situation if they if they know they're going to mccaffrey and they're on the one yard line might just slam it in with use check instead. I think that's also a fun one too. So those are all the plays that I'll be looking at. I'll be posting more on my own on my own personal Twitter throughout the week uh, as I learn more. But once again, guys, like I'm saying, the Chiefs 31 and the Niners 21 is on a blue sports book, running it up for it's plus 150. It's 100 150 thousand to one. Sorry, sorry, fifteen thousand to one. My bad. So use that use that knowledge as you will. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and I'm sure, like Steve did last year for March Madness, which Steve, it's not far away. It's oh not boy. far away from one of the best times of the year. I told everybody on the last episode, go into work, request off March 21st and March 22nd. Do I've it already- now, so you're good to go. I already have my tickets booked for the Barclays Center for that first round, and I will be belligerently drunk and gambling my ass off, probably with with uh, with my boy Mafia Tom, who will be uh, absolutely goners that weekend. So, so yeah, schedule off, and I'm sure like we did for March Madness last year a few times. Steve will have a a video on the socials for his best bets uh, for the big game. Steve, appreciate you hopping on and. Uh... We'll do it again. Be sure to subscribe to Get in the Hole. We have a very fun plethora of content coming out over the next couple of weeks. So you don't want to miss out on that. And uh, you're the best. Let me also note, thank God March Madness is not fall. I'll say Patrick's Day. That, that, that was one of the worst days of my life. I was way too drunk. I went to a Rangers Islanders game. I got plastered betting Caitlin Clark overs in a bar in the middle of Manhattan. Then watched the Rangers lose 4-1 to against the Islanders. Ugh. 
Thank you Selection for Sunday Madden. does fall on St. Patrick's Day. I'm fine with that. I, I will I will get I will get drunk and cheer for the Huskies. <laughs> there it They're is. They're the early pick to win. I also think the hilarious part of this big game coming up because it is on CBS, the Nickelodeon broadcast blows the traditional broadcast out of the water with who's going to be on it. It's absurd. Yeah, I love that we're getting uh, uh, the Nickelodeon, that, that we're getting a, um, an MVP for this game. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it, it's going to be led by Nate Burleson, who I think is phenomenal uh, on television. But you're also going to get uh, SpongeBob, Patrick, Sandy Cheeks, I believe Dora the Explorer is part of the broadcast as well, along with uh, Noah Eagle doing play-by-play. Larry the Lobster is going to be doing live commentary, and there's going to be the uh, the junior broadcasters as well that they have from Nickelodeon, so the younger, uh, you know, broadcast uh, partners there to help the kids understand the game. But it is funny that you know. Looking at it, I would rather listen to Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson and SpongeBob and Patrick than Tony Romo. Yeah, it's it's weird the the fall from grace Tony Romo's had in a lot of people's hearts. I still like him personally, but um, I know that he's been uh, kind of the subject of a lot of uh, ire, which is strange because everyone cannot say enough about how great he is. And now people are doing it with uh, Greg Olson, who's seemingly going to have to step down because of Brady. Um, which sucks. It's going to be hilarious if Brady's awful at commentating. It's um, also weird that Brady like is has that contract and obviously had it before, but he's also a minority owner of the Raiders now. Yeah. So like, it's it's very weird that like he's also going to be in the broadcast game along with like owning a team. Yeah, he's going to be uh, calling a Raiders game. He's like, well, I'll just head down at halftime, have a have a chat, maybe uh maybe cut a few checks, and, and maybe I'll just. <laughs> Maybe I'll just throw the pads on. Just figure it out. Um. Yeah the the overall vibe of this one though it, it feels on the levels of no hype, similar to the Patriots Rams, but after that game was played. Yeah, I mean that was one of the most deflating Super Bowls I've ever seen. Yeah, hundred percent, and I mean. The it, it is weird that like it's just like kind of been flat and stagnant and nobody really has has built and I guess it, it does have to do in part with it being a repeat matchup so close in proximity to when the first time it happened, but it does feel like a, a very lame duck Super Bowl, especially since since it's happening in Vegas. It feels like that would have been built up a lot more, and it feels like it's just kind of fallen flat. Yeah, I'm not um not a big Usher. Like, Usher's fine. I like Usher, but even the halftime show just feels like, yeah, all right. Usher kind of fits for this Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, this is this is fine. This is good. Okay, that's cool. Nothing, uh, nothing too sensational. How many guest appearances do we think we get from Usher? Yeah, I feel like they've gone guest heavy over the last few years. Um, I I would say upwards of three. I I, I don't know who specifically, um, but yeah, I I think because Usher has always been someone too that I think is 
so kind of known for either being featured or mm-hmm. bringing on features. So yeah, maybe like a how about like a Neo? Uh, if we get Neo out there or something, like that would be um, that'd be quite the connection. But yeah, my I, guesses I, I were were Lil Jon and Ludacris, obviously for for yeah, and Ludacris has been all over these State Farm commercials and. Patrick Mahomes is the face of State Farm now, so that made sense to me. Um, and then he was just at the the NHL All Star Game, and you know, we know they have a, a pretty close relationship. Justin Bieber, yeah, Bieber would be interesting. Uh, my wife texted me in all caps, Kiki Palmer. Um, <laughs> she she really felt like she, we we needed to include that. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. Kiki Palmer showed up. I definitely think I should have some guests. Yeah, you kind of. I think you kind of have to now. It's weird because they used to do like a mashup. They used mm-hmm. to do like a band with like a musician or something, and now it's just sort of. It feels like they get outside the weekend. Yeah, I don't remember. Lady, I don't think Lady Gaga had guests, did she? I, don't I think, think and so. I, I don't believe Rihanna did. No, but I know was there surprising. was kind of the, the ensemble one in L.A. You had a uh, like Dre and Snoop. Um, M&M. Eminem, Fifty Cent a, showed up upside down. There was a, a female singer too um, that um, I think popped up in there. They, there was quite a few that I think uh, ended up involved in that. So I think Usher is kind of an ensemble guy. I, I, so I think we'll end up with uh, with some guests on stage. Yeah, I think um, I feel like Lil John is like the lock of the century, especially since it's in <laughs> Vegas. Lil John would be great. Oh, it's Mary J. Blige for Mary J. Blige for the 2022 Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, Usher is like, it's interesting because I feel like Usher is is one of those guys, like you said, like has a bunch of like features or is featured on a bunch of tracks. And then, I mean, he's he's iconic in the like R&B and, and hip hop space. So it, it's been fun seeing the, the rollout now. And now that the halftime show is sponsored by Apple, you can kind of tap in more to... Uh, different artists and everything, which is going to be interesting over the next few years. Um, I feel like I was looking at this too. The, uh, the next couple Super Bowls next year's in new Orleans. And then it's back to back in California. Can we get a little variety? They do not do. Uh, I, I, I think, uh, I think they really are into the warm weather stuff. We had the Minneapolis one, and then that's the one special in our hearts. But um, and Alshon was like, general, "This shit is terrible." I think I think they like not having the risk of weather and knowing that they can do like outside, you know, yeah. fan zones and stuff. And yeah, it uh, it only makes sense. Not that I want like Jerry World to have it, but it is weird that we haven't had that push yet. Well, there was right when it opened, they had. Uh, Super Bowl that right um, I think so I want to say like 07 I think uh, was in Dallas speaking of I mean we should at least mention that uh, the Dallas ends up getting snubbed for uh, the World Cup final and uh, <laughs> it is ultimately going to be at MetLife which is hilarious because it is really an awful place <laughs> yes <laughs> it is not a place becoming of hosting one of the world's biggest sports events um but yeah, shout out to shout out to Dallas for for losing their bid. Yeah, they had the one Super Bowl in 2011. 2011. So it was like two years after they opened Jerry World, which it's like I feel like Jerry would have been full throttle in 
trying to have as many as possible at his great establishment down there in Jarrah World. You gotta love him. You gotta I also love, his, love that his passion. FIFA's not calling MetLife MetLife. They're just calling it New Jersey, New York. So it's it's weird, actually, and I don't know if it's um, necessarily because of this. There's a weird thing with FIFA and certain sponsorships for stadiums. Um, so I know Bayern Munich Stadium is the Allianz Stadium. Um, when they talk about it in like official correspondence, so they don't refer to that to as that. So I I don't know if there's like a it's something to do with that, but yeah, um, I like that uh, New Jersey, rightfully I should add, has has elbowed its way into yes. uh, into the New York New Jersey stuff. I have to imagine it must be so jarring as someone not from America to be like, "What is New York New Jersey? What is <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what kind of partition state are we talking about here?" Um, I saw I, uh, I saw a tweet too. It said. Finally, the Italians are going to have home field advantage in the World Cup final like never before. <laughs> I mean, really, they, they they really might. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit off pod that like it made too much sense for it to be there just in terms of airport proximities and navigation wise. And when we saw the the Pompliano report about it being in Dallas, we were like, this just doesn't add up whatsoever in terms of just like maneuverability down there Dallas for as big a city as it is it's almost impossible to travel around and the nearest airport is nowhere close to Jerry World yeah I mean think of how far a flight just from here to Dallas is right like you know uh New York New Jersey is uh much more manageable for uh you know especially a, a lot of people coming in from Europe but even a lot of people from like South America right like it's it's a huge global uh, draw and uh you know i think new york is especially or even newark which is you know really close to uh the stadium or just way more manageable it's cool you know and obviously philly's gonna have um a knockout game on july 4th script writers uh, are going to do as much as possible to make sure that's usa versus england well i'm very frustrated and i i don't know that it'll even happen because they've talked about how they want to keep everything within a region so the U.S. men's team is, is going to be all on the West Coast, which sucks. I was really hopeful that they would at least be there. They have two games in L.A. and one in Seattle. Um, I'm happy for Seattle because they have not been able to host a lot of like big U.S. Uh, men's games, um, and they deserve it. But uh, the two in L.A. is kind of a little bit of a gut punch. Um, but, it, you know, they, they want to keep teams within their regions as much as they can uh, to, to limit travel because when they've had uh, big uh, international tournaments like this in the past, it's been – really hard for teams to have to go coast to coast you know for our sports teams we're kind of used to that but it is it is a lot of travel and uh, you obviously have time zone stuff to worry about and it's really compacted schedule so um it seems like they're going to try and keep teams within their region you know as, as they progress through so it doesn't doesn't feel like the script writers can be in for us but um it's so cool either way you know it's yeah. cool you we, we've been talking about how 2026 will be you know obviously a year that Philly's going to be able to host a lot of cool events because it is you know a celebration of the 250th uh, anniversary of, of our country's independence. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I, I was going to say founding, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So that's 250 that's cool years of it. standing on business. Uh, yeah, 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 very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, six games in Philly is going to be awesome. I also love how every uh, reporter publication put out the news being announced said per at Philly Union. <laughs> Because the union official account put it out first. I absolutely loved that. Um, 
but yeah, we're going to be making some stuff happen in 2026 for those six games that are in Philly. So, uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, we'll shift gears here quickly because, uh, you know, want to touch on some stuff, but Sixers, it's brought to you by Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game from the awesome sunglasses to the blue light glasses, ski goggles, and prescription lenses. They've got you covered for a fraction of the price of the big eyewear companies and an even better quality than those companies. They've been rocking with us for years now. Uh, go to TomahawkShades.com, check out everything they have to offer, or download the Tomahawk Shades app in the App Store or Google Play. And when you go to check out, use code USP for 25% off your order from Tomahawk Shades. It's TomahawkShades.com, or download the app in the App Store or Google Play Store, and use code USP at checkout for 25% off your order. Uh, Matt, you saw this coming a mile away. Joel Embiid out for an undisclosed amount of time. The Sixers have free-falled in the standings, and uh, it's looking grim for the basketball team. Uh, yeah, it's looking grim for anyone who got their hopes up. I uh, did try telling everyone all year to just not, not put your faith in this team. Um, yeah, he's done for an indeterminate amount of time. He's done for the season. Um, he had a procedure. He had surgery. Uh, he had a torn meniscus. He had a loose meniscus flap. He tore his meniscus. Um, again. <laughs> again. Uh, by the way, not an injury you love to hear about your big man center um, dealing with. So, I listen. I'm I'm in on just uh, embracing the free fall. Trade Tobias at the deadline tomorrow and try and get something back, and um, just pack it in for next year. That's what we were doing anyway. Let's be realistic. You know, at least they're going to spare us the pain of trying to convince ourselves that the embarrassment of going up against a Doc Rivers, Milwaukee Bucks in the second round and losing to them. Um, so I, I kind of appreciate this approach. It's like, it's almost growth in a way, if you think <laughs> about it, because they're, they're so used to letting us down deep into the playoffs or sort of deep into the playoffs, halfway through them. That um, they're like, actually, you can just take April off. You can just, you can check out in uh, early April and, and don't worry. It's, it's over. It's done. It's quick. It's clean. And, uh, you know, no more worries, but obviously the long-term implications of this could be massive. Again, it's just not a great injury. Um, the fact that he's had this, this problem and, um, requires surgery, always a little sketchy. Um, I think for, for long-term health, I, I would obviously love to not see him rushed back. It just sucks because it does obviously really eliminate his chance. It was already going to be hard for him to, to make the, the cutoff and, and at least have a shot at MVP. Um, he was having a great season. It's really unfortunate. Um, and sucks for we'll Maxie too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it's weird too because you know, it kind of overshadows him. You know, becoming an all star and what a great year he's had. It, it just kind of sucks all the way around. But um, this is what this team does. They find they find new. I will give them that. They they, they find a new way to disappoint you, mm-hmm. and that's that's the fun part. You know, you can do that <laughs> and just and, you know find a new way to be disappointed. It's the utter surprise with the Philadelphia 76ers for sure. Um, but hey, let's let's worry about that arena that is eight years away from even being a thing. It's eight years away from being eight years away. Yeah. Fucking so stupid. Um, the the Eagles have hired some new coaches. Wanted to get your take on uh, Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio. Um, Fangio, I like, but um, personnel is going to have to improve. I think for him to be most effective, um, and Kellen Moore. I'm a little more skeptical of 
Um, it's weird because everyone was like ready to crown him and say that Mike McCarthy was stupid for letting him go. Honestly, during the regular season, the Cowboys offense really exploded and in a way that it didn't under Kellen Moore. Um, but I, I, I will say, I think he, he feels like a good fit here. Mm-hmm. Um, Chargers sort of had a weird offense this year. A lot of it was because of the injury, but um, I do think he's better than Brian uh, Johnson. So we'll and take that. And the, the Chargers too, like, they didn't. They don't have an offensive line that's even comparable to the Eagles or the yeah. Cowboys. And the four years that Kellen Moore was there, like they were second overall in scoring at twenty seven point seven points a game. So I think a lot of that ties down to the offensive line. And the Eagles have the best offensive line coach in the NFL, arguably. So that also helps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also, you know, speaking of personnel. My number one target for the Eagles, obviously Vic Fangio's system heavily relies on linebackers. Um, I need the Eagles to bring your Miami Dolphins free agent linebacker, Andrew Van Ginkle, uh, to the Eagles just so we can hear a raucous Lincoln financial field doing his chant from college when he was at Wisconsin where the entire locker room just erupted to Andrew Van Ginkle. <laughs> Great name, too. Great name, um, and might might not be a dolphin because they obviously have some uh, some cap concerns to think <laughs> about. But yeah, um, also the Eagles playing Week One Friday Night Football in Brazil next year takes away a home game. Um, not a lot of people, which may also that. be against the Dolphins. The Dolphins have exclusive rights to uh, to Brazil marketing. I learned this season. Interesting. Um, when they talk about expanding markets, teams can submit to be like. It's how like the Chiefs have become like Germany's team. Mm. Um, so the Dolphins apparently are like Brazil's sort of unofficial team, but I, it might be a. I would imagine just reading the tea leaves that might be a Eagles Dolphins game again. So. Yeah, because I know like with this like expansion to like globalize the game, like teams have been assigned different markets, and I know the Eagles were in Brazil as well um, with that group. Miami and Brazil makes. Too much sense. sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think the Eagles are also like New Zealand, which also makes a ton of sense, especially with the connection with Jordan Mailata. Um, But yeah, takes away a home game. Friday night football to start the year is also interesting uh, since we got our first taste of that. I guess the NFL with the Black Friday game was like, hey, get ready. You're going to get Friday night NFL uh, sooner than you think. So that's on its way. And it looks like we're on our way back to cable, Matt, because uh, ESPN, Fox Sports, and Warner Brothers struck a deal to uh, package their sports rights together. How do we end up back here? Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> That's shocking. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, we've been doing this podcast for six years to the day. Uh, pretty crazy to just sit back and look at all of the absolute insane things we've been able to accomplish um where we just kind of came together as four friends and was like let's change this the way that sports are talked about we're fans we want to hear fans talk about sports the way that we do and we've grown this from one show to six shows that have had wide ranges of success and uh it all stemmed from a backup quarterback taking us to the promised land against Tom Brady, nonetheless. Um, so one day we will have to have Nick Foles on this show to have it really come full circle. Um, but, you know, 
what are some things over over the last six years that we've done, Matt, that have kind of stood out to you? Um, well, one, I think the tremendous growth in uh, in quality. Um, always fun to look back at the first episode <laughs> and just uh, just how um, how would a uh, a film market it itself as real uh, guerrilla style uh, um, sort of uh, production. Um, but yeah, it's just been uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, it makes you kind of appreciate the the teams and the sport in a different way. You know, when you have to think about them uh, a little more, um, a little not in a negative way, but a little less passionately, right? You have to kind of think about them more realistically and uh, and and kind of see through some of the the blinders. It's hard to do that, especially when the Sixers uh, just kick you in the gut every year. Um, and you know, we've obviously, um, it's been a crazy era in Philly sports zone general, you know, in terms of off the field stuff and, uh, some of the success it hasn't brought us uh, a championship yet during our actual time. Um, (laughs) three shots at one though. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) maybe more to come. Um, but you know, it's been, um, it's definitely been one of the, I think the, a great time, I think to, to be talking about Philly sports because of how, you know, good they've been and interesting they've been yeah and i mean some of the stuff we've been able to do like we're a credentialed media outlet with major sports leagues we've had nfl nba mlb players on as guests uh super bowl champions on as guests um mike scott wished you a happy birthday which was uh, that's definitely up there for me big dog right there um Speaking of which, he just won a championship last summer playing in the Puerto Rico Basketball League. Um, so shout out to Mike Scott. Still hooping. Um, I mean, we got to be in the green room at the TLA, like, not yeah. even a year into doing this, which, like, I look back at that and it's like, what? The, how the fuck did we do that? <laughs> shout out to the um, Arkells. Yeah. Um, that was, that was that crazy. Was a fun day. That was fun, too, because um, when you, uh, so one of their, their famous songs, obviously, Leather Jacket. And I always find this funny. I think about this because in, in the song, he says, like, I said, hang tight. And uh, you, you texted him because we, we needed to be let into the venue. And he texted you, hang tight. I was like, oh, so that's, he, like, he really did write that. You know, he, that is, yeah. So I, I always think about that. Uh, Max is the best. Yeah. Um, I did see, I saw the Arkells this, this past September. They were at, uh, at the TLA oddly enough and anytime i go see them i'm just in the crowd i always look at their their bass player nick he just recognizes me every time and we always do the the subtle like bro head nod and recognize each other um so that's been a a ton of fun and the arkells being part of this journey is awesome especially uh you know talking to them after the Kawhi shot was just a a wonderful time yeah it's been a weird time for both toronto and philadelphia (laughs) We should have known Nick Nurse. We should have known Nick Nurse was a good coach when they embraced him. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I mean, you know, from being credentialed with the Wings to the the PLL, and at one point we had Philadelphia Union credentials, and the world shut down. Um, so that was yep. fun. Um, uh, yeah, you know, and I think that's one of the the true testaments that I always look back on, and just like us being as successful as we have been and even though we're barely scratching the surface of what we're capable of as an independent media outlet like the fact that we survived a global pandemic 
talking about sports when no sports were going on is like that that's a feather in the cap for us yeah yeah it was a wild time i <laughs> remember when uh remember when nba games were on at like 11 a.m on uh like uh early august morning watching nba world. players fish in the uh the pond in disney world <laughs> yeah we'll, uh, we'll never get times like that again hopefully <laughs> <laughs> um and i mean just the stuff we've been able to to do we've traveled a ton and uh shot content in a bunch of different places and now we're having companies like reach out to us to come and shoot content at their establishments and everything and companies partnering with us and i mean to have like our home city be our presenting sponsor almost a year ago to the day they got on board with us is pretty crazy um and, you know, just the stuff we've been able to accomplish from it and the partnerships we've grown and having, you know, the Vineland High School football show emerge from this and just seeing the, the respect that we've gained. And, you know, it, it's tough doing the media thing to and to not have haters, but I think we've done such a, a great job of, you know, just being authentic in ourselves and being realistic with everything to where, you know, People can like us, they can hate us, but we haven't really rocked the boat to where, you know, people are coming at us like some of these other media outlets and a lot of people end up finding us and enjoy what we do. And we appreciate every single person who's ever listened to an episode, um, subscribed, bought a shirt, you know, and and supported us in in any way possible because, you know, I've always told people we, we started this thing and there's no way I'm stopping it until we reach that ultimate goal of us being able to do this in a full on capacity and it, it being that ultimate dream job. Um, so, you know, we're just getting started with that. We got some big things coming this year, but uh, can't thank everyone enough who's ever, you know, listened to an episode, watched an episode, supported our core four of myself, Matt, Dom and Dylan, and then everyone we brought on board from dj to christian to casey and owen to steve and ben uh coach guzman being part of the the violent high school football show as well um you know we we've done so much in such a short amount of time and such a long amount of time and of course uh pat pitts as well being kind of the jack of all trades and doing anything possible to help us grow um it really means a lot to all of us and you know we're only getting started so we're not going anywhere anytime soon and uh all the support is extremely appreciated we can't thank you guys enough for uh letting us live out this crazy wild journey that we've been on and here's to the next six years brother yeah absolutely uh that's all we got for you guys on this one make sure you are following us on the socials at underground phi twitter instagram tiktok threads facebook.com slash underground sports phi twitch.tv slash underground sports phi uh be sure to follow matt on twitter at matt castarina follow me at kbizzl311 subscribe to the podcast feed on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts in audio form leave a five-star rating and review it really does go a long way for helping this show continue to grow as we have over these last six years and allows more people to find the podcast and interact with us and it allows us to do more dope stuff with and for you guys so keep on subscribing 
wherever you get your podcast in audio form and subscribe to the underground sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week, full video episodes of every show on our network, live streams, shorts, clips, original video content. We're on that road to 800 subscribers. Help us hit that goal. And the next goals that will follow that one, uh, smash the like button, ring the bell icon, leave a comment down below and be sure to subscribe. And, of course, get your merch, phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off your order. And this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. A big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. It's been episode number 610, oddly enough, a Philadelphia area code to celebrate our anniversary of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We appreciate the hell out of you guys, and we'll catch you on the next one. But until then, we are signing off. Peace. I'm a